Welcome to Golden Topics, which are personal discussions with a variety of professionals on critically important elder issues. Hi, my name is Mirit Hoffman. I'm a mother of three, a gerontologist, and an attorney specializing in elder law. My focus is helping senior citizens to stay in control when they reach significant junctions in their lives. I am a member of STEP, which is a global society of trust and estate practitioners. I lecture on estate planning and I write on various sites about the relationship between children and their elderly parents and the daily needs of the intergenerational family. These podcasts are personal discussions with a variety of professionals and are intended for anyone who is interested in being enriched with knowledgeable information regarding significant crossroads for seniors. Let's get started. I hope you enjoy it. Today we're talking to Oran Abib, who is a reflexologist for 25 years, has worked with people living with dementia for 15 years, and is the creator of Hands-On Dementia. So first of all, Oran, thank you very much for joining me today, and uh, please introduce yourself. Okay, well, thank you very much for inviting me. Um, I'm very excited to be here today to talk about touch. And I just want to say that I am so impressed by the work you do of how you go so much more than just being a lawyer and really caring for people. And it, it's, it really is wonderful for me to see. Anyway, so I'm Arana Aviv and I'm the creator of Hands on Dementia. Um, and I work with my wonderful colleague, Nancy Brown, and together we teach touch and communication skills to connect with people who are living with dementia. And um, we teach both professionals and family caregivers. And we offer, on our site, we offer webinars and workshops online. So everybody's invited to come find us. And uh, I'll maybe send, uh, I'll put a link in later in the, in the comments. Absolutely. Please do. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'd like to start with a little story or a snippet of a story. I was, um, a while ago, had a meeting with one of my clients, and we were discussing issues that he would like to put in his enduring, durable path of attorney. And one of the things that he mentioned was, you know, as I'm getting older, I realize that people are less into holding my hand or just stroking me or touching me, giving me a hug. And it's really important for me. Actually, remember, now that I remember, he remembered stating it about his mother. He said his mother um, was in a home and she had dementia. And he noticed that his children were actually taken aback by her and wouldn't come close to her and were very like, didn't want to touch her. And it really put a neon light for him. And he, it was so important for him that he wanted me to actually put it in his his uh, document as something that he would like it to be noted, that it's really very important for him to continue to be hugged and to be touched and to be held by his hands and just these things. And I thought, wow, that was, that was like a very emotional moment for me because it's true. I realized that it's true. People are a little bit so I've taken it back with older people. So this is a really great conversation for us. And um, love you to t discuss this whole issue with us. Wow, that touched me too. I mean, that's such, you know, who would think about that? That's the first time I've heard that. That's absolutely, absolutely. wonderful. Look, it's, it's, it's all ages. You know, when we have small babies, we're all the time holding them, cuddling, nursing them. They're all the time touch. And as kids get older, there's less and less touch. And sadly, because of, worries of sexual abuse 
the kids, children don't even get touched at school anymore. Teachers are afraid to touch and, you know, coaches, sports, people who used to, you know, help them. And, you know, you can't even get somebody to say, okay, stand up straight because people are worried about it. Right. And I know I had a, um, I used to give a class of uh, hand reflexology for families. And one of my participants, they, they had homework that they had to go home and, and do hand reflexology on their family. And she said, you know, my kids, they were like 10 or 12. She goes, they get older. They're, I don't want to touch them anymore. They're all, I, you know, I don't touch them as much. They're always full of dirt and <laughs> sticky hands. And yet she started to do it at night before they went to sleep. She started doing the hand reflexology. And she said, oh my gosh, my boys suddenly opened up and started talking about their days just by those few minutes of just touch. You know, they felt comfortable enough to open up and talk. And of course, as we get more older, it, it's true. We People are are less and less are, are wanting to touch them. I have to say also, you know, very different, but I know, you know, my kids, I have much older animals. I had an older cat and my dog, you know, they get very skinny and such. Ew, I don't want to touch it. Right? <laughs> so that's one of the important things that, that when I teach the hand reflexology, hands on dementia, is it gives it gives people the chance to be able to use touch just on the hand, which you don't have to worry about. That's something very normal. We wouldn't think twice about shaking somebody's hand. That, that might be sexual abuse. So by doing that, we're able to really touch on the hands and give that person some more much-needed touch. It's amazing. You know, it's it's so true. Even hand-holding children, all this stuff, it's, it's, it's a real connection. There's... um. You were talking about babies. There's this um, organization called Chibuk Rishon, First Hug, for abandoned babies in the hospital where they actually ask for people to come and volunteer just to hold them, to touch them, because they realize that that being held and cuddled is very important for their growth, for them to actually be able to get, especially if they're preemies, to get out of that preemie stage. So, yeah, I, I, I so relate to that touch is it is this big thing? It is the you know it's very sad. The orphanages in Romania. Remember the time that people were adopting yes. in Romania? They they were understaffed and kids weren't getting held, weren't getting touched, and they show very sadly that there was a really a really um, it really affected their growth and their cognition. Right. What was lucky is that all it took was afterwards for these children to start giving them like 20 minutes a day of massage, using their hands, touching them all over, and they were able to get back to their patterns. But it is, touch is so important to us. I mean, to even think about how how we use the word in our language. How are you feeling? Okay, our emotions are connected to feeling. We don't say, how are you seeing? How are you listening? And what's amazing is, is it's all across the world, even in China, the same word for for how are you, you know, is feeling is used for emotions. So we, we don't even realize, we think of our eyes and we don't realize that touch is probably the most important of all our senses and we really, really need it. Um, talking about babies, um, a lot of people have heard about in preemies that they they do the um, the skin to skin, young babies, they tell them to put it on. But the story behind it is fascinating. It was in in Colombia. There was a um, a department that had was really lacking incubators and staff, and they there was like a seventy percent death rate of the premature babies. And the doctor trying to figure out how he could save these babies, he thought about the kangaroo, the Joey in the mother's pouch. So he he had the mother sit up and and do skin to skin and touching. And the amount 
I mean, it was incredible. It dropped like to only 10% mortality rate just from that touch. Wow. So it's, it's, it just shows, I mean, I don't think we realize how much you really need touch. And there've been research, there's some very interesting research done. There's an research done about um, basketball teams in the National League in the United States that they followed them with videos that the teams that in the beginning of the season are much more, you know, like they do the high fives, much more celebratory touches and stuff. Those teams work much better as a group. You know, they're the ones that they, they pass the ball to each other instead of saving it themselves. And they do much better just because they have more touch at the beginning. And there's another research that's just really interesting is they found that waiters who ran, the, you know, like while they're putting the pan, while they're putting something on the plates on the table that they actually touch somebody, they get better tips. That's amazing, actually. You know, we don't even realize it, but just that thing of feeling somebody else's touch on us, it really makes us feel good. And it becomes out. I think even doctors get better if a doctor ends up touching the patient, that they also get better reviews. Again, there that gets a little scary if it's not sex, you know, that is about sexual abuse. True. As with that's the problem is, you know, we never think twice. You know, forty years ago nobody would think about a doctor touching. So it's but it, it's so true of thinking about, you know, when somebody says hi to you and holds your hand and holds your hand a second longer. You actually feel, oh, maybe he actually cares or she actually cares. There's sort of a connection. You're right now that I think about between holding somebody's hand and the thought of caring. Yes. Exactly. That gets that gets into that energy, I guess, of, of being held by your hand. Sure. Think Just of somebody amazing. scared. It's how you want to give them the hand. They want to feel better. Everybody feels better when, when we have the touch. I wanted, when I teach hands-on dementia, when I teach people how to use hand reflexology, the first exercise I do is I have people just, they one person closes their eyes, the other person holds their hand, and then they slowly release it. And then I repeat, and then they, they do it in couples, and the other one does, a partner does it. And then I have them do the second time, they hold the hand, and they look at me, and I give the sign, and they suddenly let go. And they're only holding the hand for like 15 seconds. But the reaction of everybody when somebody suddenly lets go, it's like, oh my God, they felt abandoned. Of only 15 seconds of touch, they already, you know, I say it's almost like electricity. They had that kind of connection, you know, and, and how much does that take for us to hold somebody's hand a little bit more to give them that? And that's also why it's really important if you do hold somebody's hand to not let go immediately, to let go very slowly because it's, it's shocking. It's very, very shocking. It's something that you could try at home, you know, with, with a with a family member or a friend. I will definitely try all this. Yeah, out. it's and even if you know it's coming, you know, if they know it's coming, I explain what's going to happen, and it's just it's shocking. It's just a feeling of shock from doing that. It's really amazing. I mean, it's amazing if you think about it. It doesn't take a lot to no. make somebody feel better. No, no, for sure, and it's um. And that's why we do it. You know, that's how I developed all of Hands on Dementia to use this to help people who are living with dementia, that they will get more touch. And we found that, well, should I go on without? Do you want me to tell about that a little bit? Yeah, yes. I would like, okay. To please tell us about your work with the nursing homes and your method yeah. that you developed. Okay. Well, I'll just give a real brief explanation in case somebody doesn't know what reflexology is. Reflexology is a complementary therapy that we press on. Well, most people know about it on the feet. If anybody's not reflexology, they know about the feet. But we also press points on the hands and also on the ears, which is a really good one for doing on yourself at home. 
Ah. Um, some people only do face, but those are the main three ones. And great things happen. You start to feel a lot better. Uh, reflects some form of, of touch of hands and feet have been around for thousands of years. We even have a, a picture of it in the pyramid in Egypt and a lot in the east, in, in the far east, has been used in Asia. But modern day reflexology is attributed to uh, Dr. Fitzgerald, who was an ear, nose, and throat doctor. And he noticed that what do we do when we hurt? What, what, if something hurts, what do we do? We, we touch it. That's our normal reaction, right? It's like, you know, we're doing that. There must be some reason we do that is because it helps with the pain. And he also noticed that how people squeeze their hands. I mean, a child who's in pain will, will squeeze the, the mother's, the, the parent's hand. Okay. Or I was talking about women who've gone into labor and are holding onto the back of a chair. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started noticing, you know, why, why are we pressing that one? He started finding these points that he pressed on the hands and on the feet. And he was able to reduce pain or even stop pain altogether. And he even, Dr. Fitzgerald even started doing minor surgery in his clinic. And instead of using anesthesia, he he would press points on the hands and feet. Wow. And and this actually, he actually wrote papers on it. And there were doctors in England. He went to England and talked about it. There are actually doctors around the world doing this. Now, the last time any of us went to a doctor, I really doubt that he pressed our hands or feet. And the reason for that is at the same time, this was the beginning the 1920s of the previous century, um, was that all of conventional medicine went to chemical, went to to medicin, taking medications. That was really important because they discovered antibiotics would save lives. You know, some somebody would get cut and could die from it. So antibiotics, but from then on, everything really moved on to to just medication. But people still continued with his work and developed really reflexology. So that that's just really short on reflexology. I'm happy to talk more about it sometime if you want. But that that's- definitely, I didn't know actually because it's, it's true. A lot of people know the reflexology of the foot, but not a lot of people realize it's also the hands. And and the hands is just so good for working people who are living with dementia because it's you know taking a hand is something that feels comfortable. Telling somebody to take off their shoes and socks is a little bit strange. Plus, they're far away from me. When I do hands, I'm sitting across, so we have eye contact. We're talking at the same time, and it makes it much more comfortable to work with that. Right. Uh, so I've been working with this for, for many years, and we're very proud that recently in uh, in June, we presented our work at the uh, Alzheimer's Disease International Conference in London. And it's really the first time that we that we introduced reflexology as a way of working with people who have dementia. Um, our work that we presented there was the work that we teach foreign living caregivers how to use hand reflexology to work with their with their um, employers who, who are living with dementia. So I'll just give a little bit of what we've learned over the years of how hand reflexology can help. One of the really main things, this is reflexology in general, <laughs> the side effect of reflexology is much better sleep. And in this case, think of think of how we feel when we don't have a good night's sleep. We're irritated, we may be angry, and we're forgetful, right? We don't have enough sleep, it's very hard to concentrate. So if somebody who is, has memory loss also has not enough sleep, then, then they're not going to be doing very well, you know, at all during the day. Right. And so that's really important. So a difference of an extra hour of two hours a night can make a huge difference in how a person feels. And think about their live-in caregiver who, in this country, we're talking from Israel, is that most of them are 24-7 caregivers. They're living there. They don't have a break. So think how that 
caregiver is going to feel if he or she suddenly has an extra hour of two hours of sleep. They're going to be a much better caregiver. They're going to have more time for themselves. They're going to have time, you know. It, so it, it's on more lightweight situation. It doesn't seem like a lot, but that change of an extra hour of two can make a huge difference in everybody's life. Absolutely. Um, the other important thing we found, and, and just for this, I think every facility needs to learn hand, the, the staff needs to learn hand reflexology, is it can really help with adaptation to a new facility. I've talked to people who moved into a care home, you know, independent living, who didn't have any cognitive decline, and they they told me they cried for two weeks. It's very difficult at a later age to make a move like that, leaving your house, leaving things that you know, and somebody who has cognitive decline, it's even more difficult. And I could tell a story I had of a client who, um, he came, he decided to, he his wife passed away, and instead of moving into independent living in Boston, he decided to move to Ranana to independent living here because his brother lived here and he had a son who had a child and he thought it would make more sense to be with the grandchildren of the family here. And he had already set up and it was going to be, and he came here and he went into a, he had very mild to calculus line. He was in his 80s, so he had very mild, you know, which is normal at that age. Right. And he came here, he went into a full depression, was totally lost, and they told the family, I'm sorry, he's not going to be able to live independently. We can't accept him. And by chance, they got to me and we started doing reflexology twice a week. And within a few weeks, he returned to himself and he was able to live independently. And this is so important because so many times we blame the condition of dementia where it might be other factors. You know, and, and doctors, I, you know, a lot of people do this by mistake. You know, they think, oh, it's just the illness. It's just, I don't like to call it illness, it's a condition. Um, and it's really important to know that because here what happened, he was under stress from the change. You know, people are just crying for two weeks and he just needed through reflexology, we were able to get him back to a self to get through that, that point. So, and we've seen this with, with people who, the, the staff who's learned hand on, hands on dementia, they, they have somebody comes in and they sit quietly in the, the side and they don't talk at all. And when they come and start using the hand reflexology, they open up and start talking because they start to feel comfortable. Somebody cares. Somebody is there who needs me. Um, we find that it's it it can reduce anxiety. Uh, a lot of people who are living with dementia, they have what's called sundowning. In the late afternoon, they start to get much more anxious. Um, there are several reasons what might be the re you know several ideas of what might be the reason, but it's that it's called sundowning because it's towards the end of the day. It may be just from tiredness from being you know. It's so hard to stay focused when you're when you're living with dementia. Then they might just be exhausted at that point. Right. So one of the caregivers, their employee, had such difficulty in the afternoon with sundowning that the family brought in uh, a friend that they paid to come and be with her during those hours because it was so difficult. And once the caregiver, the living caregiver, started learning hand reflexology, they didn't need to do that anymore. The hand reflexology during the day was able to help her get through the day without having really difficult sundowning. We also found that a lot of times it, you know, a lot for a lot of people, even not people with dementia, they do not want a caregiver in the house. They don't like the idea there's somebody in their house. Right. And sometimes even though the caregiver could be the best caregiver in the world, the her employer just really does not want her there. And when they start doing a flexology, that creates a different kind of relationship. One woman really didn't like her. And then she said, oh, you're my doctor. You make me feel better. And, and the relationship, again, you know, the relationship is better. The caregiver is going to have a much easier time and be a better caregiver. 
Uh, in nursing homes, we found that it, in some cases it can reduce pain medications. They don't need as much pain medications. Uh, better digestion and better mobility, especially with people with Parkinson's. We found the physical therapists have told us that they, they're able to move better with it. Wow, this is good relaxation. Uh, that's amazing. It's a really long list of, of amazing. It is. We keep finding more. Yeah, it's it's so and it's so easy to learn. I mean, the whole point is, is it's easy to learn and everybody can learn how to do it. And, and it could really make a difference. Plus, when you learn it, you you first started on yourself. So you also have self-care because you can help yourself by doing the, the hand reflexology on yourself. So it's a it's really a win win. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do is spread the word to get more people to know about it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, definitely. It's, it's for every age, any age, any time. It's for, for younger children, for older children, for teenagers, um, for people with dementia, for yourself. I mean, there's so many benefits. Um, Touch is important. That's amazing. Do you think you can give us something to take home with us regarding? Sure. Um, first of all, what we talked about is just hold that hand a little longer. You know, if you're already saying hello to somebody, here I even have my hand here. I can. <laughs> <laughs> a little rough. Okay. I don't like showing the end of it because it looks kind of strange. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Um, you try to get it here. Hold on. It's opening up my window here so I can see it better. Okay. So if, I, if I'm if i saying hello to somebody, you know, I can just kind of slip my hand under here and even put two hands. And as I'm talking to them, I'm just going to say, oh, how are you today? You know, I'm just holding on and continue the conversation instead of just shaking and letting know. How are you today? Oh, how did you sleep? Oh, you know, talk to them. You know, be there caring. And once you're holding onto the hand, they know you really care. I mean, you want to be interested and talk to the person and really listen to them. It might surprise you sometimes by just listening. You might hear things that you normally don't hear. Right. So that's one. Um, so just by doing that, that can already make the difference. The other thing I'll show you is one of the points I really, really like in hand reflexology. It's the point that's called the solar plexus, which is, is an area that's basically the area for where all the nerves are and it's very good for relaxation. Okay. Um, the way we do that is is I want to feel this area on the top of our hand, which is the, I call it the ball of the hand. Right. So if you slide your fingers down from the bottom of the fingers, you'll, you'll feel it kind of falls down. Okay. You can feel the, where the, you just let your fingers fall into the area that's more indented there. Yeah. And we want to do that from the middle fingers. So we're going to go down and just let the finger fall in. Okay. That's the solar plexus. I'll show you in a second, another way to find it. Okay. And we just put the thumb on it. Okay, we're just going to put the thumb on the solar plexus. Now, right. I'm holding it up here so you can see it, but you can just put it on your lap and relax. <laughs> and okay. you don't need to, do not press on it. Just hold your thumb there. It has an amazingly power <laughs> just by just having the thumb in that area. I've seen people in many situations who are really stressed or really anxious or somebody thought she was having an asthma attack, you know, and as we said, okay, we'll call the ambulance. I just held it here and she relaxed. I mean, it's not instead of calling doctors, but... It was just a panic attack at the point. So as they will wow. have. Um, so you just hold it there. So you can do it for yourself. The other way to find it before I show you is if you cup your hand and look at it. Yeah. You'll see it, you'll see it looks like all kinds of lines going into a circle. 
right? Okay, so solar plexus, it's like the sun, right? <laughs> it's the sun rays. So you just go into that little circle, and again, that's the same place. It's another way of finding it. You put your fingers uh-huh. on. I love that, that it looks like the sun for the solar plexus. Okay, so you can do that for yourself. Now, if, for self-care, I would, you know, hold it, put it on your lap, and just take a good breath without pressing, just leaving it there. Take a good breath in through your nose and out, you know, and feel the heaviness leave. And if you do this, you know, a couple times a day, it'll, it gets to a point that you just touch that point. I mean, for me, I touch the point and I have to be careful if I do too much because I just start to get kind of really tired. <laughs> it really relaxes me. But, you know, anytime if, you know, before a Zoom meeting and you're thinking, oh, no, I'm not ready, you know, okay, put my solar flexes, touch it, and I'll just take a relax. So that's a really good one for just doing self-care. Take it and breathe with it. Do it on the other hand as well. We always work on both hands. But again, you don't have to press, just leave it there. I can do that also. Do it first time. If you're going to try this, first feel it on yourself that you feel it's comfortable and learn to use it. Then you can take, you know, when you say hello and you're holding the hand, you can put the finger right there in the solar plexus. Ah, smart. Stay along. Yeah. But I say, please learn to use it on yourself first. I always, when I teach, I always have people use it, you know, work on it yourself every time, see how it works, see how you feel with it. I want to say one thing that's really important here that I, that's, not everybody wants to be touched. I mean, those of us who love touch, we want it. But some people, especially people in early stages, when they're early stages of cognitive decline, they do not want to be touched. And you have to be really clear in looking at body language. If you come towards somebody and they move back, that's your sign. If somebody puts their arms up like this, they don't want you near them. This... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if somebody is talking to me like that, I am not going to try to touch them. Okay. So not everybody wants it. We have to be very clear about that. Okay. They're different. But if somebody who does want it, they're going to love it. They're going to fall into it and want to have it. That's a good point though. That's a good it's point. Very important. It's very important. To listen to body language. Important. The fact that you want to give doesn't mean the person wants to get. I have that. I have that a lot because I know wonderful caregivers working in facilities who just want to hold and hug and help people. And they have to understand that not everybody wants it. It just could change. You know, somebody's the minute in the middle of sundowning being with when they're in, in a, an anxiety attack and they're not going to want it. We always want to do this before we get to that point. We want to, again, you're going to watch the cues, watch the trigger points and do this when somebody's feeling well and that can prevent it. But with somebody's in the middle of a feeling terrible, I'm not going to use my hands on them. Right, right. And, and that's you, you, have to, you have to be very aware of that and see the right time. Um, if somebody really wants to learn more, we actually have an ebook that we that we produced during during the pandemic <laughs> when we couldn't go into facilities, and it's an ebook that explains for it's actually was written for family caregivers, but everybody can use it, and it's it shows how to use just a few points. It's very easy to learn, and it comes together with film clips with with short clips to show you exactly how to do it on yourself and on somebody else. Oh, that's so, and if somebody would like to learn more, they're very welcome to come and, and that's find amazing. Me. Can you put it on the at the comments afterwards? After sure. our guys, our whoever wants it can mm-hmm. go in. That's amazing. Yeah, that's and we amazing. also we also have a weekly blog that I write. That's about it's about understanding dementia, communication, healthy living, how to prevent dementia. So I it's it's um I really recommend it to somebody wants. I know it. I'm on it now, so <laughs> I get to read it. Yeah, we have it. Okay. Well, one this was amazing and so interesting and so lovely um really really very 
it was everything for me. Like I, I think it was just a lovely, lovely session. Thank you so much. Really. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Talk. I hope you enjoyed it and that it provided you with important information. Do not forget to click and subscribe to Two Talk so that you can be updated on my upcoming podcasts. And of course, please share and invite family and friends to listen so that they too can benefit from the information discussed here. You are also welcome to visit my website, www.lawmirit.com, and to follow me on Facebook for more information regarding intergenerational estate planning and the various needs of the elderly population. I'm already waiting for you with my coffee in the next podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of Golden Topics. I hope you enjoyed it and that it provided you with important information. Do not forget to click and subscribe to Golden Topics so that you can stay updated on my upcoming podcasts. And of course, please share and invite family and friends to listen so that they can also benefit from the information discussed here. You are also welcome to visit my website, www.lawmirit.com, and to follow me on Facebook for more information regarding intergenerational estate planning and the various needs of the elderly population. I'm already waiting for you with my coffee in the next episode. Oh.